we have these crossroads. And you know, either way you choose, your life is going to be different. The universe doesn't exist, but God thinks it does. We have to stop consuming our culture. We have to create culture. Stupidity has a definite evolutionary function. I am all for abolishing stupidity, but before it goes, we should pay tribute to it. Hello, listener. Welcome to the Nonsense Bazaar. My name is Willow Truman, and with me... Sequoia Kennedy. And today we're going to talk about love. Ah. Oh. I know. <laughs> like, that's not very common for us. Although um, there, there have been some love stories. We've told some love yeah. stories. This is it's, actually, this is going to be more of like a, there's not really a lot of love in this. <laughs> it's like well, you, the, the dark side of love, actually. The dark side of love, actually? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the director's cut that you didn't get to see <laughs> with all of Hell the, yeah. yeah, all the gore scenes. Exclusive. So I'm going to ask you. And everyone listening, just take stock of the romantic relationships that we've been in. <laughs> Maybe you met while you were very young and you decided like 10 years later to start a podcast together. You waited <laughs> for like, I don't know, like four months and you're like... I don't uh, even think it was that. Yeah, uh. it was that long either. <laughs> Maybe that doesn't sound like you. Um, so next scenario. <clears throat> <laughs> Maybe you've had a relationship where when you met them for the first time, it felt like you had known them forever, like flashes of deja vu, these feelings of excitement, anxiety, maybe even danger. Danger. Yeah. Like these feelings all surge through your body in this first encounter. It feels like meeting each other is maybe even supernaturally ordained. Hmm. Like the scenario under which you came together is just like... It feels like it was meant to be. Yeah. But yeah, deep yeah. inside, your inner self is trying to check in with you about whether or not there's something weird about this person. Uh-oh. Like, is this is this really okay? But fuck mm. it. You want that sweet, passionate love that you've never felt before. So, yeah. So you silence that inner voice, and you go with it anyway. <laughs> and that's when the roller coaster begins. What are, what are we doing here? <laughs> and that's when the third-party entity, possibly reptilian, controlling your significant other... They ring their little trans-dimensional celebration bell, and they're like, yes, good, another good two God. humans trapped in a relationship doomed to fail. Now we feast on all of their drama. What the fuck are we talking about? Uh, we have a, what is this? A smorgasbord of topics today. Like, we're talking about hyperdimensional interference in romantic relationships, psychic attacks, spiritual attachments, alien abduction. Abductions, seven foot tall lizard men, alien love bites, dark cupids, and high strangeness. It's nearly Christmas. <laughs> this is your gift. Oh, God. This is my gift I'm to sorry. you. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so the alien love bites episode. Yeah, alien love bites. What do you think that means? Like, what does that say to you? I mean, unfortunately, I know exactly what that means. I, yeah. I feel like I'd, I'm at a point in my life where I. Which is like, oh, yeah. It's it's probably like when a when an alien gets control of your significant other and causes them to act like an asshole and uh that. That's actually more of the dark side of Cupid. So there's there, these are kind of actually different. There's the oh. alien love bite and then there's the dark side of Cupid. And well, both of these concepts were made by a woman named 
Eve Lorgan. I'll explain. Bless my con socks. I don't know what an alien love bite is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. See, the name doesn't really, I feel, accurately describe what it is. It's called a, a love bite because it hurts. But not all bites hurt. I actually I don't mind a bit of nibbling and biting. <laughs> oh, Jesus you know? Christ. It's nearly Christmas. <laughs> mm. There are children listening to this and they should no, be. There. If no, there, there are, there, are, there no, shouldn't there be. be. Um, yeah, it's called a bite because it hurts. Yeah. But there's no actual like uh, biting involved. There could be you find weird marks on you because you're an abductee. But the alien love bite is a phenomenon that happens specifically to people who have been abducted by aliens, whether or not they remember. Interesting. And so yes. these, this was the person who first uh, broke the story of alien love bites. What was her name? Eve Lorgan. Eve Lorgan. Yeah. Okay. She's describing a thing that's happened before she came along. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she did conveniently compile a bunch of case studies into a book called Alien Love Bites. Okay. Yes. And she, she coined the term. Okay. Yeah. And is she a licensed therapist? She uh, does have a master's in counseling psychology. But okay. before we go any further. All right. Tarot pull. Yes. So this is a thing we do where we pull a tarot card and we'll talk about how it connects to all of the content in the episode at the end of the episode. Yeah. For now, I'm going to shuffle my deck, going to pull a card and uh, tell you what it is. Well, yeah. I pre-shuffled. <clears throat> a likely story. The Hierophant. Hmm. Okay. S- sacred. Holy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, tr- tr- the way things are done. Yeah, he's also a card of marriage, specifically. Yeah, Hieros Gamos, the yeah, sacred yeah, union, yeah, 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 yeah. the mystical marriage. He's, he's the he's the dude that does that. Yeah, very yeah. appropriate for what I what I've been looking into the past several days. I'd say days. surprising, but but I'm not surprised. Yeah. I'm just that good, baby. Okay. <laughs> good, at, good at shuffling off camera on a podcast. Yeah, no, it does. The better. The more relevant these cards are to the episode, they, like we're like four for four now. I know. Um, the less people are going to believe we actually shuffled the deck. Mm, you're just going to have to. You're going to have to. Yeah. So who is Eve Lorgan, the woman who coined the term alien love bite and and who presented us with these wonderful stories that I'm going to relay to you today? Well, she first got a bachelor's in biochemistry, but she had had her own alien abduction experiences and, and weird phenomena her whole life. Okay. So she thought that she should look into psychology, and maybe that will shed light on some of her experiences in a different way. So she gets— I just uh, want to say, we've talked about some people on this show who— uh Make a lot of money off poor fools who think that they're being targeted by aliens. Mm-hmm. Is she is she just a fucking is she just another one? I don't think so. Okay. I really don't. Interesting. Because she like has her own experiences and okay. I yeah. The thing that's Guilty interesting. Until proven it. Yes. The thing that's interesting about her is that she specializes in anomalous trauma, something that you won't find at every therapist's office. It just smells like bullshit to me. It really does. Stay with me. I, I am. I am. I just put it out there. So, like, okay, imagine you have like a crazy alien abduction experience, yeah. and 
Right. Honestly, I think that some of these experiences for these people are blessings in disguise. Like they think yeah. that it's an evil entity, but what if it's actually like a good entity that's like, now nah, you need to learn your lesson about what relationships you need to stay away from. So I'm going to put you in the worst fucking one of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like you're going to learn it and then you're going to be better for it. You'll thank me later. Yeah. Like what if that's a good entity and not like. I mean, it sucks to go through it, and maybe the other person is afflicted by something negative, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't... I've, I've... Who pulls the strings of fate? So Eve specializes in anomalous trauma, which is defined as traumatic events that exist outside of the normal range of human experiences. Okay. Which can include alien abductions, near-death experiences, shamanic initiations... Military abductions, also known as my labs. That's what a my lab is. Yes, military okay. abduction, my lab. So if you've ever seen that, we're like, what is that? I have, and that's exactly what I said. Yep. What is that? <laughs> so anomalous trauma could also include mind control, spiritual warfare, demonic and psychic attacks, cult involvement, and narcissistic abuse. Huh. Yeah. I mean, I guess <laughs> the narcissistic abuse is probably lumped with like one of the other things. Otherwise, that's that's not outside of the normal range of human experience, yeah, unfortunately. Like, yeah. I was going to say, it's not that anomalous. A she lot of these start things, off specializing in this. Well, you know, we should point out that t- most people would say, oh, so delusions. Right. But here's right? the thing. So what if a person has a completely average life. They function well in work. They have a family, but just this weird fucking thing happened to them. Or like there's a ghost in their house and they don't know what to do about it. And it's like freaking them out. And I mean, and they think maybe someone cursed me. Who do you, who do you go to? I I mean, at least they're going to someone with a background, like a medical background. Understand that's not my Opinion on it. Yeah. That's the imaginary audience member. He's like, no, this is just stupid. Those things are real. Yeah, yeah. Weird shit happens. I think so. That's, I think that's just true. Right. Just I think it's true. possible for a person to think that they were abducted by aliens, but also like not have a clinical disorder. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say, like, maybe they were. I don't know. Not abducted, but abducted Had by aliens, spaceship. That's the little. Yeah. It's not. We all know it's not that. It's just not that. No. Um, not a, f- a physical weirder, experience, but, I don't uh, think. I don't um, know. Yeah, we really don't know. But Eve wants to know. That's kind of why she started, you know, specializing in this because she had this lifelong interest because she wanted to know what happened to herself. Yeah. What was her full, like, educational background or what is. Bachelor's in biochemistry okay. and master's in counseling psychology. Okay. That's, yeah. yeah. That's, and she she didn't drop out to no. go eat acid and hang out in Hawaii? No. She's like a, a okay. normal person. And you look I her will up, say, she like She looks like any other middle-aged woman you'd oh, see in a grocery wait, store. Holy shit. Is this the opposite of David Raphael? No. In that well, he drops out, who fucks off, and then he starts, he, he, he yeah, makes a right. sciencey sounding name, the like San Francisco Institute of Health or whatever. It sounds official, but it's complete bullshit. Whereas she finished school and then starts a thing that sounds like bullshit. Right. Sounds but maybe like perhaps is, is a place yeah. that certain pe- pe- people can go who have nowhere else to turn to. 
Right. I like that she's at least compiling case studies and telling the stories of yeah. um, stuff that you might not hear otherwise. Yeah, yeah. So she begins an alien abduction support group, right? Right. As one does. As one does. Which is awesome. And re- it reminds me a lot of the show People of Earth on TBS. And I think that whoever wrote that show read her Alien Love Bite book. Yeah. Because I swear to God, there's like characters in that show that are a part of the abduction support <laughs> group that uh, they're a lot like some of the people in these case studies. I 100% believe yeah. the writers for TBS ripped off ripped off this one. <laughs> Right. I've I've never seen that show. It's entertaining. All right. I like to just like throw it on, sit on my little exercise bike for like 22 minutes. <laughs> you fucking nerd. I, oh, I know. <laughs> I gotta get my movement in. <laughs> Otherwise, I just sit in my bed all day. So she coined the term alien love bite to describe a situation wherein two abductees, whether they're both aware of their abductions or not, are being programmed by alien handlers to essentially fall in love with each other via remote control. Okay. For for why? Well, there's a, f- a few different possible reasons that we'll get into. All right. But yeah, they're orchestrating human relationships, setting up drama, and watching the fallout all for their own hidden agenda. Um, if if that's true, fuck that. I don't like it. Yeah, it's pretty freaky, right? I might explain a few things, but you know, I don't like it. No. Do we want to jump right into a case study and then talk about all like yeah yeah okay. yeah 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 I think let's, so too. Let's get a let's get a feel for. I think so. Okay. So also, I'm just gonna to lead into it. I'm gonna quote Eve. Okay. From her book, just so we're clear on a few things. She says. I'm not ascribing the love bite to everyone who's been cheated on or to every man or woman who has found their spouse in bed with another lover. That's good. No, I'm sticking strictly to my data. I'm only talking about genuine abductees, a small but growing sample of brave souls who emerged from the shadows to tell their stories. In doing this research, I was forced to weed through the vague wannabe cases in order to locate the sincere abductees who had the true love bite stories. Anyone who's like actually shaking their head uh, without I realizing it right now? Like it's a f- kind of funny. I'd know? like I'd like you to just imagine if these things were real. Yeah. This is what that what it would sound like. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it, uh, if we assume that this shit was real, it would still sound the she would still lead into the exact mm-hmm. same way. Yeah, no. Kind of just let's suspend our, our disbelief, yeah. our cynicism. Oh, God. This giving me flashbacks to David Raphael, and I invite you. Oh, no. To- <laughs> oh, no. Okay, back to Eve. I invite you to meet some of the brave people who have come forth in attempts to cleanse themselves of a painful enigma they hardly know exists. All they know for certain is the pain they feel every day. I suggest you look at the lives of these flesh-and-blood people from the perspective of a film or stage director. Imagine watching a children's puppet show. Raggedy Andy meets Raggedy Ann. They flip and flop to the tune of an enigmatic love affair. Raggedy Andy courts his beloved, wooing her to that anticipated kiss. And Raggedy Ann is swooned into a spell of romantic love. The curtain closes. In the next scene... 
Raggedy Ann is yearning for her newfound love, but instead of running to embrace her, he walks off stage, leaving Anne grieving with unrequited love. Now in the alien theater, Anne and Andy step out of the dollhouse into the real world. Now they're human. They have names and jobs and children, but they remain puppets. And the unseen puppet masters are the aliens. Hmm. So yes, let's... uh. As if we're watching a children's puppet show. <laughs> I like that perspective on because that. Uh, Listen here, you. Some alien of these fucks. people's lives do seem like divine comedies. Oh God! You're just like, what in the hell are you doing, man? I'm not doing your dirty work for you, you pieces of shit. It's not happening. Yeah. This is I'm my own volition. Our first story is of Scott. Sharon and Angelina. And if you'd like, you can imagine different people for, for our characters. For Scott, I'm I'm gonna go with like who's a famous Scott? Oh, um Scott Stapp from I don't know him. Um from uh Can You Take Me? <laughs> oh god. What the fuck is the name of that piece of shit band? Creed? Oh, Creed. Why do I know the lead singer of Creed's name? I, I don't know. That's fucking insane. There's definitely I, better Scots there's, out there. There's better Scots. Who's a better Scott? The only one I can come up with is like fucking Michael Scott from The Office. I don't so know I'm of a good like, Scott. I'm just imagining Steve Carell as Scott. I don't... Just, Scott... Okay. I'm, Steve Carell is Scott. Yeah. I'm, I'm with right. it. I'm with it. Sharon... Uh, Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone or Sharon Osbourne. Let's go Sharon Osbourne. That's Yeah, funny. Sharon Osbourne. Sharon Osbourne is Sharon. And then we have Angelina. Angelina. I'm personally imagining Angelina from Jersey Shore, but if that's not a reference point that you can imagine, we'll yeah. go with Angelina Jolie. Oh, yeah, that's so, yeah, I mean, she yeah. Doesn't, she doesn't fit here, but she's like, she's the highest billed actress in, in our cast right yeah. now. Um, and she's going to be doing a lot of work. She is sort of the femme fatale of the story. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sounds like a... Mm, yeah. It sounds like a bizarre love triangle. It will be. So Scott, he's in, he's been abducted all throughout his life, right? Yeah. Uh, he's been married to Sharon for about two years. They're an odd couple. Just yeah. imagine. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're odd an odd couple. couple. Um, well, Sharon's also an abductee, but she's embarrassed to talk about her experiences. Sharon's seen anomalous beings in their home in the middle of the night. One she describes as alligator man. And the other just an illuminated being waving a long light wand. Hmm. Sounds like some weird shit I've been digging some, into. Some weird shit. Yeah. So... Even though Sharon's seeing all of this weird stuff, she gets angry every time Scott brings up alien stuff. Like you do. Yeah. Well, on their one-year anniversary, and I'm pretty sure this is the first time that she was abducted, is with Scott, they decided to take a week-long camping trip to the wilderness. Hmm. A week-long? That's a—okay, they must be into camping, because that's more— more camping than I want to do. Yeah, that's were, a trip and a half. Yeah, yeah. I'm good for, like, three days— and I've, even then. I've done a couple weeks. Yeah. It's awesome, but it's okay. a trip and a half. Yeah. So this really tested their relationship. They were relatively yeah. happy up until that point. I'm not surprised. But then one morning during the camping trip, Scott suddenly and without explanation was no longer attracted to his wife emotionally or sexually. 
She hasn't showered in a fucking week. Yeah, right? (laughs) She's stinky. She's never been that stinky. Even so, he continued to have sex with her just to please her. It's like, well, you've only been together a year, man. If you completely lose attraction, like, just just get out. Get out with your head. You don't have any kids together or anything. Just get out. Yeah, just get Um, out. So Scott becomes more interested in researching his alien abductions, and he starts attending Eve's support group. Sharon scoffs at Scott. Sharon scoffs at Scott. (laughs) Especially when Scott realizes that he was a lifelong abductee. So he he hadn't really realized that up until this point. Okay. Up until he loses attraction for her and their relationship starts going downhill. what happened in those woods? Like, yeah, it's just what happened in the woods. Something weird happened. So Scott realizes he's a lifelong abductee. And now... Sharon's really starting to become distant from him. Yeah. The gap in their relationship is getting even further, especially with the alien topic and him going to the support group. Well, one night, Scott wakes up, and there's strange markings on his chest and on the bed sheets. Symbols drawn in an ink-like substance. He had the samples analyzed in a professional lab, but the results were inconclusive, and unfortunately, he failed to photograph the marks. He did show Sharon the strange markings, which she shrugged off. She figured he went down and got a tattoo. (laughs) She also began to admonish him for, like, Sharon, come on. What are you guys doing here? (laughs) You know why? Because Sharon's the one doing it to him. Oh, shit. She's been compromised. She's gasoline the shit out of him. Maybe. Oh, fuck. I don't know. That's, um... That's, like, the plot from the the show, though. So I'm just, like, (laughs) placing that... Onto this because there is a couple that like go on a camping trip and get abducted. On that fucking TBS like, show? Yeah. People of Earth? Yeah. God, yeah. Fucking, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he has this ink on himself. Sharon's like, ah, Scott, that's a terrible tattoo. He's like, why, why am I covered in symbols? <laughs> yeah. Poor bastard. She was also very concerned that he had cut a hole in their perfectly good sheets. Why, why did he do that? Why was there a hole cut in the sheets? Okay. Yeah. What? I guess there was a hole in the sheets, too. Um, so as the weeks go by, Scott notices that his wife is no longer interested in fucking him. It's probably because she thinks you're crazy. Yeah. Like, she thinks she's not on the insane. same page as him at all. So he's trying to rekindle the flame. He's making advances. She's not going for it. Well, in counseling... The couple decides, let's just separate for a while, start dating other people, and perhaps that'll rekindle the flame. Maybe. Maybe. And that seemed to work for Scott. Actually, his feelings for his wife returned. Sharon, however, found someone else and filed for divorce. Oh, shit. (laughs) That's the gamble you take. Oh, goddamn. Yeah. But during that time, Scott started to correspond with Angelina. Ooh. Another abductee support group member. Okay. Yeah. So Angelina and Scott, they become good friends, feeling like they've known each other for years. And shortly after they meet, this sets off a bunch of unusual dramas. And they begin mutually experiencing shared dreams. And they start getting abducted together, too. What? Yeah. So Angelina's going to feature in the the next case study. Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah. So Angelina also remembers these dreams and abduction things with Scott. 
And she remembers that they involve her and Scott having sex. Oh. Yeah. So they're both, you know, remembering these things. Yeah. But luckily, because they're in the group, they they're able to realize that this this might be a love bite scenario. Yeah, so this is The aliens are trying to set us up together. Scott and Angelina are? Yeah. Okay. Um just to keep just to keep things clear. So yes. Scott and Angelina are in the group. They're in the group. And they start um, to have these crazy experiences, feel things for each other, but they think, "Oh shit, maybe the aliens are, are playing us." Yeah, they are because yeah. they're getting abducted together. Right. Um yeah, yeah. and you know, Scott he had just rekindled feelings for Sharon right. after he, his dick couldn't get hard for her forever. Uh, but then all of a sudden, Sharon found someone else. So he starts having attraction towards Angelina, but they realize mm, this might be a love bite bonding experiment. So they decide to uh, avoid any sex with each other because they know, they know they shouldn't for reasons I'll get into. Okay. But they do still feel a highly erotic and trance-like tension whenever they're alone together. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Sometimes things are just too perfect. Scott, what a fucked up two-year marriage you had. (laughs) What a crazy whirlwind. If you know, you know. (laughs) Um, It's about to get more bizarre And there's about to be more points on this shape though Okay (laughs) Because Angelina's married Oh shit (laughs) Yeah Yep Okay This is (sighs) This is like It's a drama for the ages What are these people doing with their lives? What, what are you guys is, doing? What, what is this? Their social circle is an alien abduction support group That's what they're doing Are they attractive? I have we no know? idea do They probably so? are Do you really think so? Um, do you really well, think if, so? Okay, so But if they're all unattractive Then it doesn't really matter You're saying ugly all, people don't matter? No, I'm just saying you Ugly monster. people fuck other ugly people And you can <laughs> quote me on that <laughs> <laughs> this is a group of uglies banging. Oh my fuck! The whole support God. group. <laughs> no, literally, like that's what most of the book is. Like, <laughs> <laughs> or trying not to bang. Yeah, because so far there hasn't really been a lot of banging. Yeah. So Angelina tempted Scott, but he was strong in his resolve. He is the forty-year-old virgin, after all. <laughs> he was just nervous the whole time. He was yeah. anxious, you know. Yeah, right. He's built it up for so he long. Knew. He knew. Yeah. And you know why he knew? Because it was all all the dreams. Because that's how you can tell an alien love bite or a, okay. a dark cupid scenario is when there's like supernatural or psychic phenomena sort of like leading up to you meeting or around like the beginning of your relationship. Hmm. Now, if you just experience that with any, without any of the other signs, then that might be a real soulmate. Okay. Like if you get together okay. with someone and crazy synchronicities start happening, at, but you guys like don't argue, you don't have crazy highs and lows in your relationship and like yeah, yeah. things are good, then that's a great sign. Okay. But like if it here. comes with those other things, bad. Real so bad. Highs and lows, the kind of 
just yeah. uncom- just bad relationships, just red flags. Shitty relationships, yeah. If it comes with red flags, it's probably right. not good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in order for it to be like an alien love bite or dark side of Cupid, it has to have that supernatural element to okay. it. Okay, but the supernatural element on its own doesn't automatically make it a case of alien, yes. alien love bite. Yeah, if it's just supernatural stuff, you're good. So Angelina going to give her more of a backstory because she's a member of the support group too. Yeah. We need to learn about her. Has she been there for a while? Okay. So she's been a lifelong abductee actually. Okay. Her mother and grandmother also report UFO encounters, missing time, probable abductions. She reports being abducted by several types of aliens. So everybody wants her. The regular old grays with big black oval eyes, short tan types. Short. The short tans. I don't... Just Italian dudes. Yeah. Those are just Italians. <laughs> Reptilians, human military personnel, and humans dressed in lab coats. So she's been abducted by, like, you name it. Yeah. And, of course, her husband, Dick, she's been married for 15 years to Dick. They have three children together. Dick does not believe Angelina. This is, see, this uh, yep. common thread. Com- where common thread. Scott's wife, Sharon... Didn't believe him. Right. Angelina's wife, Dick, didn't believe him. Maybe that's part of where their attraction for each other grew because they both have that shared experience of a disbelieving spouse. I think that that's very likely. I think you should just be aware that you said Angelina's wife, Dick. Yeah. Good. <laughs> I was not aware, but now I am. I know. I was like, I was like, that's really funny. I can't correct that. But then I was like, also, Willow needs to know because it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> so Dick doesn't believe in Angelina's encounters. He's emotionally unsupportive. Un- unsupportive. Unsupportive. Glib. I-, I love that word. I hate a glib dick, man. Glib. Yeah. <laughs> Controlling, sometimes abusive. Often, yeah, often during her abductions, Dick is like fast asleep and and can't even be wake wake woken up, wakened. Awoken. He can't be wakened. He can't be awoken. Awakened, awoken. She can't wake him up. She can't wake him up. As if he's like drugged. Or just a fucking drunk. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I think I think we got a drunk Dick over here. Yeah, that was Dick. <laughs> the fact that his name is Dick is like... I, especially when you know these are fake names. Yeah. Makes me think why... You gotta know what you're doing when you use Dick as a fake name in a story like this. Mm-hmm. What actor is playing Dick? Oh. <laughs> um, it's Danny DeVito. <laughs> that changes everything. I, I love it. <laughs> it changes so much. <laughs> So Angelina's having sexual encounters with the seven-foot-tall lizard man. I'll just say it. I'll just come out and say it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Interabductions? Mm-hmm. Okay. During these episodes, she's immobilized and given a screened memory of making love to her favorite movie star. I wonder who that is. It doesn't say. I'd love yeah. to know. It's Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> At times, Angelina has been able to break through the implanted screen memory and see what's actually going on. And when she does that, she sees a reptilian with scales and red and yellow snake eyes and long cloth. Oh, scary, scary. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Terrifying. Right. And this reptilian has sex with her over and over again. And it's also like jealous. 
and kind of dominating towards Angelina's husband. (laughs) (laughs) Like one night in bed, Angelina's like laying there um, with Dick's arm around her and the reptilian like slithers into the room through a portal and gets down in the bed. It like slides into bed next to Angelina and grabs Dick's arm and like flings it back to his side of the bed. Like (laughs) he's like, get the fuck out of here. Oh my. It's my turn now. Like, oh my goodness. And then, okay. So he flings Dick's arm and then playfully strokes Angelina's hair. Snake cooked. Uh, yeah, and proceeds to have sex with her while she's See, paralyzed. What? It's nearly Christmas. What are we doing? Well, <laughs> okay, so, sorry. Go on. Sorry. Okay. She likes the sex to an God unnatural it. degree. It says um, she actually liked it even more than sex with human men. But she has a lot of feelings of guilt and shame about this. Me too. Yeah, there's a lot going on here. <laughs> So she tells the support group, Angelina tells Eve's support group, she believes she's being conditioned for some future purpose. Something having to do with a breeding program. What the like, fuck, lady, dude? Do, I think you just have weird fetishes and you need to explore them. Like, write some fan fiction. Like, she has unusual dreams where she's shown a hybrid human reptilian baby and this disembodied voice tells her that the baby is hers and then Angelina gets like really sick feeling. I mean, unless it was true, you know, because again, yeah. if it, if it was, a tr- if it was true, it would still sound just as stupid because the details would be the same. Yeah. I don't know. Part of the hybrid, I don't fucking hybrid know. breeding program. <clears throat> I don't like, I'm not in support and I'm going to vote against it. Yeah. This is creepy. It's fucked up. <laughs> so Angelina starts like getting really sick. Um, her period starts getting all crazy. Her breasts start like lactating. So is she just pregnant? Well, okay. She expels a giant brown mass. What the fuck? And, like this is disgusting. Into the toilet. This is what are you? What are we talking about here? Um, this she, is horrible. Yeah, she didn't save the fetus though. This is fucked up. She doesn't have health insurance. What the fuck? <laughs> That's so despicable. What have we done? <laughs> Oh, my God. What the fuck, dude? Like, she could have, like, really, like, that could have really happened. And, like, she's, that's, she's putting screen memories on top of an actual thing that happened. Like, an actual bad marriage, an actual, like, prop, like. Yeah, this sounds like psychosis. Like, it's, she develops an eating disorder, by the way. Because, I don't know, she's. She developed an eating disorder and began losing weight, all the while losing desire for her emotionally unsupportive husband. She attributes the disorder to the fact that she cannot discuss the assaults from the lizard man with her husband. I'm like, I don't think that's the issue, Angelina. Uh, I, like, yeah, the, the lizard man is bad, but although like, there's a lot happening. If true... If true. Well, yeah, because, I mean, Dick doesn't believe her, and... If if he did believe her, he'd just be jealous. Like he would try to like fight this lizard. <laughs> try to fucking box the he lizard. Would. Astral lizard man. Yeah. Be so, able to reach him. But also think about this from Dick's point of view. Because yeah. he does love his wife, even though he's a dick. Is he I mean, he does sound like an abusive drunk. 
Yeah. yeah. But also, he thinks that, again, he thinks that she's crazy. Like, he's worried about her sanity. It's not an excuse. Yeah. It certainly isn't. But on the other hand, he also kind of believes her. So there's that. With the exception of the eating disorder that says she's perfectly rational in every other way. I mean. Okay. Sounds like most of her life is kind of not, but. Yeah. She gets her work done. You know, as long oh, good. as as long as you can work. You always get your work done. This is, I hope these stories are just totally fake because I feel very bad for these people. They got, it's the alien love bite. They have issues. Um, yeah, if this is the, they, there's like reconciliation at the end though. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like uh, this, it turns out the support group does help them. Definitely curious to see where this all goes. I'm worried to see where this all goes. So, Worried the FCC is going to come knock on our door yeah, for right? sheer grotesquitude. Oh, my grotesquery. God. Uh, so because Angelina is fully functional in her everyday life, besides for her eating disorder and besides for all of the, the lizard man sex. She gets her work done. Yeah. That makes Dick question, well, maybe maybe she is telling the truth because she's does she seems... Perfectly rational in every other way. What a fucking moron. So he goes back, but he goes back and forth. <laughs> what a right? fucking idiot. I hate this guy. Um, when he does believe her, he's mad at her because she's just so sexy that she she must have, like, she was asking for it from, from the, the interdimensional, worst, like, reptilian. I fucking like, hate this guy. Oh, my God. He's the worst dude we've ever covered on this show. <laughs> Fuck I, this dude. Like, imagine getting angry at your wife. For my your- God. <laughs> fuck is wrong with you (laughs) yeah yeah and he kind of he treats like he treats the lizard man like if you just ignore it it'll go away like babe just try yoga (laughs) you tried exercise (laughs) drink more water um you know it's the first thing you go to is the more water yeah it should always just be attempt one so angelina starts having this idea that maybe Dick is being programmed by the aliens, too. Jesus. Maybe that explains some of his behavior. No. It's just a fucking waste of air. Yeah. He's a piece of shit. So Take him to the curb. To support the idea that maybe Dick is being programmed, Angelina claims that the aliens send her these painful warning signals as soon as she talks to her friends or the support group about the abductions. Almost as if, like, they're they're threatening her. Yeah. Like, like not to talk about it. Like, whenever she talks on the phone, she hears these loud clicking noises and even hissing and breathing sounds. And the, the loud clicks are a super common one. Yeah. That's, it, that's interesting. And whenever she's talking about non-alien related things, those sounds don't happen. It's just as soon as she starts talking about it, they happen. And those interferences have also been witnessed and recorded by several persons who know Angelina. Okay. And I guess... Eve has talked to peers of Angelina who have confirmed, like, nah, she's, like, normal. She's good. Hmm. So for all intents and purposes, she seems, like, it's easy to laugh at the line. She gets her work done. It's very easy to laugh at that. Yeah. But she, the point is, like, she seems, like, stable and functional, except for this bullshit. Except for this thing. That's interesting. It is. Yeah. Well, things are about to get more complicated. I'm sure they are. So, 
You remember how Angelina and Scott were tempted by their little abduction dream scenarios and Yeah. But they were able to keep it at bay. Well, Angelina meets another male abductee in the group. Uh oh. His name is Steve. And he looks just like Scott. Oh no. They, they may as well be twins. No, in in my mind they do though. Um, I'm just thinking of Steve Buscemi. Buscemi. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, I can see it. Okay. So Steve is very sympathetic to Angelina because he he too is married and he's separated from his current wife, who's not an abductee. Now, Angelina's not separated, but she's married too. And Angelina recalls sexual bonding encounters in a dreamlike virtual reality scenario two months prior to meeting Steve. And this scenario involved cuddling in bed nude together. My lord. Yeah, so her and Steve are in this prop set room that kind of looks like a generic hotel room. There's white bed covers, sheets, pillows. It's it's basically a white room that aliens think. Like, come on, guys, do better. Make it. They can't. It's a very. We've seen time and time again. They just can't. Yeah, they can't do it. They don't. They don't get it. They it's don't. Not get what it. a hotel room looks like. No. It's not all white. But that's where her and Steve are cuddling together, nude. Yeah. <clears throat> Whatever this is, it has to stop. <laughs> Whatever the fuck's going on here. Yeah. So while they're in this little prop hotel room, Angelina hears a male voice telling her that she's she's going to meet this guy in the room with her later on. Okay. This guy being Steve. Yeah. But she doesn't know that yet. Now, Steve actually lives 100 miles away from her in, in another town. I mean, obviously in another town. It's 100 miles away. Unless it was Los Angeles, probably, I think. <laughs> is Los Angeles that big? It's fucking huge. Whoa. Dude, Los Angeles is fucking huge. Oh, this is in California, I think. So, but the chances of <laughs> a meeting at random are, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, eventually, slim. Angelina meets Steve. They don't meet in the support group. Okay. That's an important detail. That is an important detail. They meet through a neighbor down the street by chance. Interesting. We don't get any further clarification on what that means. Yeah. I would like more, but we don't have it. Backyard barbecue? Mm, maybe. Maybe. So she remembers three separate bonding dreams before she met Steve. So there wasn't just that one white bedroom one. There's okay. two more. And as soon as they meet, instant attraction as it goes mm-hmm. with these alien love bites. And Angelina remembers these dreams, and she asks Steve if if he remembers anything. Okay. And he says, no, but it feels like he does know her. Oh, he's just a psychopath. Yeah. Yeah. And they fall obsessively in love with each other, and this starts a series of deeply passionate sexual encounters. Oh, my God, Angelina, you're still married to Dick. He's a fucking huge asshole. Yeah, it's true. She has bad taste. It's true. Okay, well, yep. So Angelina goes away on a weekend escapade with Steve after having a fight with her husband. Oh, I bet she got in that fight just so she could, like, pack her bags and be like, I'm going away for the weekend. Yeah. Like, (laughs) Uh, well, Steve and Angelina are together out of town. They feel kind of like they're being watched. Meanwhile, Dick is at home, and he's having these spontaneous remote viewing images. These vivid dreams of Angelina having sex with another man. Whoa. 
Yeah. So Dick's like home in bed, like just seething with jealousy and anger. Oh, God. And when Angelina returns home, she notices like Dick is acting weird as if he knows. She's, she's like, oh, oh, shit. He probably does. Yeah. You know, after 15 years with someone, like, you know, when some, something's up, if you know someone, you know, you know someone. And like anger is a very strong emotion. Mm-hmm. Like he, I, I fully believe he might have like remote viewed them just through fucking yeah power of anger, it, uh, right? Like, and they probably I don't know psychic psychic shit like that. It's, it's weird. It's the one thing I'll go to bat for is like right. saying like I'm pretty sure that one whatever it is like that shit shit like that happens. It just it just fucking does. Mm-hmm. So Angelina suspects that. Dick knows. Dick suspects that, you know. So Angelina, yeah, she's seeing these little small balls of light around the house. Oh fuck! And she knows that these little balls of light are associated with gray aliens. (sighs) Associated with something. There's a. She thinks they're associated with gray aliens. All the same. Dick has no clue whatsoever, and at this point, he's back in denial about everything with the aliens. Okay, so she observes these little balls of light all around Dick's head, and they go inside of his head, and she's like, holy shit. And immediately, Dick can't see them either, by the way. He becomes angry, agitated. He accuses Angelina of having an affair. Okay. It's it's time. And he tells Angelina all about the images and dreams that he had of her with another man, perfectly describing the clothes that she wore, which were purchased in another town while on the trip. He also accurately described Steve. He was like, <laughs> he has really, like, he has bug eyes. Yeah, Steve like, yeah. <laughs> That's why I picked him, because he's very yeah distinctive. You would see his face in your mind. Imagine like closing your eyes and, and seeing like Steve <laughs> Jimmy your wife. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so Angelina's shocked because he, he describes everything exactly as it was. Even though Dick and Steve have never met. So she begins to think that maybe Dick followed them or maybe he'd hired like a private investigator or a friend to follow them but no he didn't. And of course, she she denies all of that because she's afraid of getting beat up. Guys, yeah. divorce. Yeah. I guess I I know it's not that simple, but I mean, if you have time to get away for a weekend, you have time to like I don't know, serve up some divorce papers. So several abductees visited Angelina and confirmed we're seeing balls of light too. We're seeing small balls. There's small balls everywhere, <laughs> uh, and they're also. Okay. That's like the inclusion from Eve Lorgan in like these abductees also exhibit clairvoyant faculties and auric vision. Okay. 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 Yeah. That's uh, yeah, that's her classification. So Angelina believes that these particular bluish lights are associated with the grays when they are telepathically communicating verbally or through mental imagery. There's also black balls of light, which can range from very small to like the size of basketballs. And the black orbs usually create like violent mood swings. Mm. So, yeah, but the small fuzzy blue lights create a calming effect. So she's like seeing these little emotion orbs. Yeah. Weird. Very odd. 
And in addition to the floating lights, Angelina also gains the ability to perceive the human aura. Interdimensional portal energy vortexes. She can also see into the future now, I guess. What the fuck, Angel- Angelina? What happened to you? Shit. Like, as soon as her and Steve got together, she's like, oh my God. I'm, I'm like, it's, it's all the head trauma for being beat up. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, it might be. Like, if anything's going to cause you to, like, see weird orbs of light and stuff and, like, start yeah, I mean, shifting through time and, like... I was I was going to make the joke about uh, Steve Buscemi having, having the dick that will pierce the heavens. Oh, that too. <laughs> <laughs> that, I wasn't joking. That's an honest-to-God theory. <laughs> One would hope I'm not joking. Um... So yeah, she's fucking seeing portals. She can see into the future now. Um, on at least three occasions, friends observed unusual electromagnetic energy points, like Curlian images emanating from certain areas in the house. What's a Curlian? Curlian photography is. Um, it was invented back in, I believe. Sometime in the 20th century, that last century. I want to say it got really popular around, well, between the fucking 20s and the, and the 60s, you know. Oh, okay. It just looks like... Um, well, it's, a, it's an electroplate that, like, y- you take a photograph of the electricity around um, a biological object you put on this so, electrified plate. So, like, you know when you... Um place your hand on one of those like black things and it leaves the imprint of your hand based on how hot it is. And like you take it away and it, it like looks kind of like that. It does. Uh, the, the idea behind it is that, uh, you got to take a picture of the electrical or of the aura around the human body. Some people say that it's just that with the skeptical view is that it's just, you know, the electricity that having a conductive thing on this electrical plate, you know, generates but then there's been pictures of like you tear a leaf in half and you put the leaf on the on the thing and it shows the whole leaf right yeah the skeptical view of that is like well yeah because you had it on the plate before you before you tore it in half so it's just the residual moisture that's yeah, the, but then people have said they've done it with like a an amputated arm that would give the same thing. Well, they're it, seeing they're seeing thing. things that look like that emanating from areas of the house. Interesting. Yeah, um, there's also a reptilian being observed by two different witnesses that visited the house. This type they amusingly termed Baby Godzilla. Why the fu- at this point? Why are the cops not called? Like we got a Baby Godzilla running around. We got like. What the fuck is this? What is this? What is this? What is this? I have questions. All right. <laughs> so baby Godzilla's running around. Yeah. They're about three feet in height. They have a little like beak-like snout. Okay. They have a little tail, clawed hands and feet. Honestly, a baby Godzilla is still scary. Like a three foot tall lizard is big. Yeah. That's big and yeah. dangerous. Like I would run. It's a walking alligator. Unless it was like friendly. This is cute. I saw, oh, I saw a story about a friendly alligator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Angelina's children were seeing these creatures in the home at night, too, like in full physical form. Yeah. Which is because usually, I don't know, you when you have 
ghostly activity. It's maybe some sounds, some shit knocked over, some, you know, maybe you see some shadows or something out of the corner yeah. of your eye. But to see a full physical form no, you don't. in front of you is like, whoa. Uh, yeah. No, that doesn't really happen. <laughs> whoa. Yeah. Right. People say that, that, that that's happened to them, and I, I wonder because I, I don't fucking... I tend to disbelieve full physical manifestation stuff because, like, yeah, normally it's just shit getting knocked off the wall. Right. Um, so, yeah, the kids have seen it, two different witnesses, and Angelina and Dick. In fact, Angelina once um, stepped on the baby Godzilla tail by accident, and it squealed like a pig. And then it quickly disappeared. Like, it just... Uh, vaporized into thin air. Oh man. If this is all true, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. So Angeline and Steve are having their love affair. She's still denying it. And the high strangeness in the home is ramping up at okay. the same time. They're falling in love. Yeah. They've fully fallen in love at this point, but due to financial problems, they can't be together. Basically, uh, Dick is the breadwinner. Angelina can't afford to be on her own. She's got kids to support and everything. I'm like, yeah. they just can't afford to be together. Yeah, yeah. So, so she's not getting all her work done. I guess not. Or did Dick just fucking mean the housework? <laughs> yeah, right. Piece of shit. Probably. Fuck. I don't know. Her. So both uh, Steve and Angelina are in anguish because their love cannot be together. They. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Shit. I mean, yeah, you can't fucking be together. I'm like, look at look at what's happening. No, that's true. That's true. You should just like, ah, oh, this this is all fucked. Like, yeah. you got baby Godzillas running around the house. Yeah, if true, you know. We just need to. Orbs, big black basketball orbs floating around that that cause hate and yeah, mood none swings. Of, none of this is okay. It's really not. No. So their love obsession lasted for about six months, and then the obsessive feelings start to dissipate, and there's this mutual denouncement that's agreed upon. Angelina recalls an abduction dream that she has around this time where they sort of agree to separate, where she's told by the aliens... Steve will not be needed anymore. And then after that, her feelings for him just gone completely. Wow. Yeah. Did Steve have any the same experience? I don't know. Mm. Well, Steve, he never joined the UFO group. Yeah. The abduction group. Right? Steve, we don't know if Steve even believes in UFOs. Yeah, we have no idea. Like, what? we really don't. This could all just be in Angelina's, you know, she's the one that's having all of these dreams and synchronicities. Right. Well, and don't forget about Scott and Sharon. Yeah, that's true. Because this all ties in. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So Angelina wants her marriage to work. She realizes, what the fuck am I doing? But Dick's getting even more difficult. More emotionally sure. abusive, controlling, uh... He remains in denial of their problems. He doesn't want to go to counseling. And he refuses to acknowledge the abduction still. So there's a huge rift between them. Well, both Angelina and Dick are practicing Roman Catholics. What do you know? Oh, boy. Yes. Well, that's not good for anybody. Well, Angelina has a religious friend who prays with her. And together they decide to go to the church and pray for Dick. <laughs> like, you knew what you were doing, Eve Lorgan. You knew exactly what you were doing when you wrote that. That's, that's, 
That's, um... Yeah. So they go to the Roman Catholic Church to pray for Dick. And what happens to Dick? He fucking sees a gray alien in their bedroom for the first time two days later. Holy shit. Two nights later. And he's terrified. Now he's like, oh, fuck. Like, imagine your wife's been telling you for five years. This is a yeah. five-year span. Yeah. Um, Like, about all this crazy, crazy stuff. And you're like, no, no, no. No, no. And then you see a gray alien in your bedroom. So now he he believes Angelina, and they both start attending mass every week. Because after oh, that, boy. you're like, we need some God in our lives. Yeah. Their relationship improves for a couple of months. But then Dick goes back to being in denial. Color me surprised. Like, what, sir? Well, it's a hard thing to... It is a hard thing to wrap your mind around. Yeah, just, you might be like, oh, it's just a dream. It was a Tuesday, so I was definitely drunk. You yeah. Know? He maintains that if Angelina would just stay away from the support group, all of her abductee friends, just go to church, don't talk about the aliens, don't think about the aliens, it'll all just go away. So she tries that. Like, she she tries she it. She honestly tries? Okay. It doesn't work. Not, yeah, okay. So... They decide to seek out a priest to exercise the house. He blesses the house, you know, doesn't, again, doesn't work. Aliens returned. And, in fact, the activity seems to escalate even more. So, Catholic Church didn't help you. Color me fucking surprise. <laughs> They're the root of the whole fucking problem. Probably like stop going to church. I want to. I want to know more about the marriage, like prior to all of this. Well, we know it was Catholics. So we know it was fucked. Yeah. No apologies to any Catholics out there. Your shit's fucked. <laughs> I have no opinions. It's the only bad. It's the only like, <laughs> bad. <laughs> yeah. So the activity escalates. Uh, Angelina is warned by the aliens. Now, the aliens are warning her not to talk to or visit the support group or her mm. religious friend. They're like, isolate yourself, Angelina. We want you all for ourselves. Yeah. That's not good. Again, whatever's happening here, not good. Whatever's happening here is really bad. So the either the entail the Antalians. The aliens or the intelligence behind them threaten Angelina that if she tells her experiences, something bad will happen to her neighbor. And I'm like, fuck it. Like, do whatever you want to my fucking neighbor. Like, <laughs> I don't know. You could have picked some, something better. I mean, I don't want my neighbor me. to get hurt. No, me either. But, like, I'm sorry. If you're torturing me, I'm going to tell people. Yeah. Like, no, yeah, definitely. And, and if... She like has kids, though, right? right? I'm like, the, how, how Why not the, threaten the kids? I know. I'm like, why is the neighbor the best you can Yeah, no, you're aliens? completely right. Yeah. Threaten <laughs> the kids. It's just a weird... It's like a test of her, um, I don't know, her morality. I think they're bluffing. They couldn't bring themselves to threaten the kids because they're fucking softies. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, her what? neighbor's like a 110-year-old woman. She's like, whatever. I don't care. Low stakes for me. So, yeah, Angelina apparently doesn't care. So she because she, she talks anyway. Good. Yeah. She, she doesn't give a single shit. Um, oh, and within a couple of days, her next door neighbor uh, visits her house. And this is, you know, the neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. What do we what do you think is going to happen? Stroke. So, yeah. You think we're just going to kill off the neighbor? Yeah. Okay. 
Or are they going to fuck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the neighbor visits and suddenly drops to her knees in a oh, trance. Shit. She begins growling and hissing as if she was possessed and starts foaming at the mouth and muttering odd sounds while writhing on the ground. So she had a seizure. <laughs> The woman seemed to be taken over by a demonic entity. That's a seizure. Angelina calls 911. Good. But then the neighbor snaps out of it. That's a seizure. Returns home. <laughs> doesn't remember what happened. Sounds like a seizure. But, Stop going to church. Try night school instead. Mm. <laughs> the next door neighbor had no history of epilepsy or seizures of, of any kind prior okay. to that event. Okay. The neighbor was fine. That day and the next day, wasn't taken to the hospital. But for two weeks after her little possession, she and her sons reported what they called poltergeist activity. Interesting. Yeah. So I like that that's the something bad will happen to her neighbor. Like, they didn't say that they were going to kill the neighbor, actually. I, they just said something bad will happen. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's kind of embarrassing. Dude, seizures are fucked. Yeah, but that like, fucked. if that's it's she was fine a, though. Yeah, but it's like that's not a good thing to do to someone. I, I've I've known some people with epilepsy, and it's I, it sucks. Yeah, I have epilepsy, but like, oh well, you're just a fucking maniac. I know. Do I don't? <laughs> I don't think. Did they just make her embarrass herself, or was she having a seizure? Is that the something bad? She's foaming at the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I like that you're just a fucking maniac. You're just like, ah, oh, it's kind of fun sometimes. <laughs> Get all loosey-goosey and crazy. <laughs> Growl the growling and hissing, though? I mean, that's not a normal—that's that's not part of the symptoms. It could be. It could be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's just like—it's low on the, you know— yeah. The DSM. It's just a really weird thing for the aliens no, to it's, do. it's incredibly strange. Yeah. yeah. So due to the extreme stress of the family situation, Angelina and Dick's marriage starts going downhill. Like somehow it, it goes further downhill than it like already it is. I feel like it keeps starting to go downhill. Like, it's like at the bottom and then there's another. And then it goes even further down. It's like an investment portfolio. Finally. <laughs> finally, they're talking about divorce. Good. Um, meanwhile, uh, Dick keeps getting abducted by greys and there's military men and humans in lab coats and everyone's getting abducted. But Angelina's made great strides in her personal growth and self-esteem. She and her husband are keeping their marriage together, but it's difficult. To this day, Angelina has contacts with aliens and human types. She, her husband, abductee friends, and neighbors have observed unmarked white vans and persons watching their home. Surveillance seems to just be a part of life now. This includes, but is not limited to, phone tapping, clicks, static, and being cut off, being followed by unmarked black cars, and also black helicopter activity. Oh my god. Okay. That's like... Okay. Wait. This is how it ends? To date, Angelina has accepted her fate. Her marriage to Dick has held together despite the forces against them. At the present time, she does not consider her love life a priority as other more important survival issues have taken precedence. 
Since the time we met, she has grown and matured tremendously and has developed a thick skin emotionally. Like, this is terrible. I'm like... I'm upset. This poor woman. How do we help? We can't. What the fuck is going on? Like... What are we doing as a species? What the fuck? Even if... It's the aliens. That's the, the thing. That's the thing about this. The aliens are hardly even like for the in sake this. of argument. I'm gonna say I completely believe it's an alien love bite scenario. All this shit is 100 percent literally true. Okay. Yeah. Just for the sake of yeah. This is still fucked. Someone needs to do something. True or not, this is really fucked up. God damn it, get out, whatever. Stop going to church. Cause like, Kill think a priest. About this. I don't give a fuck. Just think, get out of there. Dick, like, he eventually crumbles because he's trying not to believe it for so long. Like, he believes her and then he doesn't. And then he's like, well, maybe I believe. And then he doesn't. But at this point, he's like fully crumbled. And now he's reporting like abduction experiences. Like, what is happening? Yeah. I don't know. Their sense of reality in that household is just so skewed to the point where when people go to the house, they too see weird stuff. It's, do I think that there might be like a weird fucking portal in that house created by all of the drama in their relationship and all of like the, the the lies and abuse and ups and downs and weird religious stuff? Like, uh, maybe. That is the shit that like intense emotions and stuff, craziness, a fringe being on the fringes of things, like like being in, a, in an unstable fucking place, right? Yeah. That is the place where paranormal shit happens. Right. Um, because there is a fucking psychic component to it, like pri- probably primarily uh, in that like if you have a good solid life and shit, you have a projection of solidity. You're actually not willing to let things in, even in just like terms of life stuff, because you're you're good with what where you're at. You've got yeah. a structure. You're all set. When you're in a unstable place like not just are you more willing to let things in on the physical plane but you're more willing to just you're more willing to let things in right yeah and like i guess there is like like this here's the thing like as i said like i fully believe like psychic shit fucking happens that shit totally happens mm-hmm. stuff that we can't explain yeah like uh, twins knowing that the other one got hurt or shit like that that's fucking real as shit it just it happens mm-hmm. and there's like i mean since I, we started doing this show like i've had people that you would never exp- like they're not into the paranormal or anything or anything like that. Like really straight laced people being like, "Yeah, I had this weird shit happen to me." Yeah, you know. So what and- do we make of the baby Godzillas? Oh, don't you're gonna ask me about the Godzillas? We have to talk about it. Oh, it's maybe it's walking- her baby. Oh, it's her baby. <gasps> Hybrid babies. Oh, with lizard man fuck. coming to visit. Coming to visit mommy. Oh my god. Aw, that's awful. It's cute. It's awful. <laughs> it is. It's Holy it's shit. Awful. It's like the, it's uh, the children that she had with the, the man, the husband that she could never have because she wasted fucking 15 years of her life popping out babies with this schmuck instead. So she has Precisely. to have babies in the astral realm with uh, the best lover of her life, which is a seven foot tall lizard man. Essentially. Yeah. So. So 13 years after her smash hit Alien Love Bite, (laughs) Eve Lorgan releases The Dark Side of Cupid. She's expanded her work. See, as we know, the Alien Love Bite is a bond orchestrated by alien beings. They're abductees. But 
Dark Side of Cupid, by contrast, is a love connection that's more like supernaturally arranged, interfered with, or influenced in such a way that some form of emotional or psychic vampirism takes place. So like there's a third party entity feeding on one of the partners. Okay. So like there's one partner that acts as the primary energy vampire and then the other one is like the prey. Okay. Yes. And And now is it the vampiric partner that's the bad guy or is it it's no it's the entity that's the bad guy and we don't exactly know what that is because it can take many different forms depending on the dark cupid case but the whole phenomenon is just referred to as dark cupid you know because because you know fucking dog shit title but that's it's so silly she's bad at naming these things (sighs) went to the church and prayed for dick yeah (laughs) yeah so now that I've shared some alien love bite stories, yes, you know that was from 2000. That book. Okay. Now we're now we're in 2013. We've expanded our our definition of love bite. It's not just an alien love bite. It's just love bite. Dark side of Cupid. Love bite. I want to share with you some dark Cupid stories. Okay. What's the What's the difference? Well, we already explained the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, first, I want to go over the unholy triad. So you know how like with serial killers, there's the- The, the dark know, triad. Yeah, the dark yeah. triad, which, what is it? Bedwetting, killing animals, and- Oh, is that what that, that is? Like a behavioral- Oh, oh dark triad's something else. But right. I'm, I'm just thinking about like the three indicators of like, you know, if someone's gonna- Oh, and head trauma. Oh, yeah. Dark triad is uh, the personality traits of narcissism, yeah, like Machiavellianism, and psychopathy. Different. Yeah. So the unholy triad of Dark Cupid, are these are three characteristics to consider. The first one, as we've gone over, is the magical or supernatural element. So experiencing synchronicities, omens, precognitive dreams, spirit visitations, feelings of deja vu, or just other paranormal activity. Okay. This paranormal component has to be independent of any psychopathology or delusion. Okay. Like it, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's specifically part of the criteria is that it's not part of any mental illness. Okay. I'm glad she says that. Yeah. Category number two for the unholy triad is emotional highs and lows or like emotional psychic draining. Yeah. So these highs and lows, they start to transpire as the love infatuation and obsession begins to unfold. Uh, the emotional draining could eventually lead to physical exhaustion even. Like yep. you start feeling sick and worn down from being around the person too much. You could also feel like you're being put on a pedestal from them, like being love bombed with like these ecstatic feelings and ego boosting episodes. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, like things are back out of your control and there's a bunch of drama and like, you're just confused. Like a lot of confusion is taking place where you almost don't even know like what, what you're fighting about. Interesting. And it, there could be a series of coincidences that occur that create this unending feeling of like, I don't know, unconsummated love, like a wild goose chase to get their attention and like to make the relationship be what it could fully be. But there's always something to keep that from happening. Maybe it's distance or maybe they're married or there's just like some little something that's, 
you know, keep so, keeping you on the hook. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, that's, so that's before the relationship starts. Or during it. Or during it. Okay. Yeah, during it. This like draining feeling of like, you're never just at like together and comfortable and like, <sighs> yeah, it's always some, um, some drama or maybe it's really great for a day, but then you find yourself driving back home because you got into a fight yeah, and I, you're spending the night alone and you're like, what the heck? <laughs> I know the very real thing they're describing. Yeah. A category number three, I'd emotional. Like to think it's not due to some fucking demon or something. Yeah, right. And most often it's not it's not due to a to a demon other than inner demon. I'd say probably not. Yeah. If you're wondering, not. I'm gonna say the safe bet is probably, probably not. not. Even if it's true. Safe bet. <laughs> <laughs> number three, emotional manipulation. And the psychopathology element. So this means just your pa- your partner having a pattern of unusually controlling, manipulative, jealous, or attention-getting behaviors, sort of like a yeah. Jekyll and Hyde duality. Yeah, yeah. Um, or maybe even like a like a con- controlling to the point where like they're doing love spells and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like really trying to. Um, influence and control you they might even like be a channeler and say like oh i'm getting messages from this particular entity and influencing you through this you know yeah yeah and then it's like fucked up people yeah something like this third category uh can especially apply to new age gurus and cult leaders specifically and uh, she also says to be careful of like psychics which is interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, it's, you just wouldn't expect, um, like, in a book like this, someone to to warn you about like new ageism and. Yeah, I don't. So I don't know. I kind of think that she's uh, saying gurus and psychics. Um, anyone that that wants to like lead you. I think she's entirely correct. About yeah. That. I sort of get the feeling that this woman. Was it a bad relationship well, and wants no, to explain all No, I was going to say, is trying to actually help? She is. Um, she is. And, like, and so she would notice if she was actually trying that she that psychics and gurus are fucking bad for people like And that this. they prey upon people so like, like this. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised that she, like, puts that down as her data. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. She does. She specifically outlines a few vulnerability factors for people. People that like might be susceptible to a, a scenario like this fall into a relationship like this. People that are financially well off or recently came into a lot of money or assets, or or people who are financially or economically compromised, and oh. you could make them dependent upon you. Oh yeah. So and, either way, well, like someone who's naive and just came into a bunch of money, or someone that and yeah. Also, like point out that like not having a lot of money. Uh, makes you feel like you don't have a lot of control over your life, mm-hmm. and that can pathologize. Yes, you know, like I mean, just say a lot of this sounds like codependency. Yeah, right. And the thing about codependency, it's not a condition; it's a pattern of behavior. You can kind of just stop doing that unless you're a psychopath. Yeah, you know, might take might take practice and <clears throat> takes shit. Practice, yeah. You can kind of just you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Just gonna put that put that out there. Yeah, doesn't have to be a vampire or anything. It's uh, you can just stop. Right. Um, you're also susceptible to this if you're attracted to powerful people 
Like if you're just, I don't know, really into celebrities or like you idolize a specific religious guru, if you're involved in healing professions, like counseling, nursing, psychic, intuitive work, caretaking, teaching, if you're involved in research of the paranormal, spirituality, conspiracy, or alternative media, <laughs> basically people that are like into fringy stuff yeah. are yeah. susceptible to... Uh, being taken advantage of in relationships and you know people what? that are shy, soft-spoken or lacking assertiveness is the six, uh, vulnerability factor. This is all true. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So that's, uh, your unholy triad and some, some warning signs to look out for. I can Those are warning signs to look out for. It's true. They are like in general, not yeah. even just with this, but in general. <laughs> good advice. Okay, so our first case study from Dark Cupid. So Jeremy is a single gay man in his mid-40s, and within the last six months, he started seriously studying global government conspiracies, extraterrestrial races, spirituality, and metaphysical subjects. Oh, no, Jeremy. Yeah. Jeremy, we you're know going through your midlife going. crisis, Jeremy. Going straight. He opened up Bibliotheca Pleiades, and he was like, oh, my God. Yeah. So, Jeremy. Where have you been all my life, you wascally rabbit? Yeah. He's uh, six months into his little awakening and his his journey into conspiracy stuff. That's the danger zone. And he meets Clive, who's another single gay man at his place of employment. And they begin a friendship. Where do you you think they work? Oh, boy. What year is this? 2013. Oh, man. Uh, God damn it. I like to think they, they work at, like, the electronic section and like, Walmart. Bed Bath & Beyond. Oh, okay. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, so when Clive and Jeremy first meet, Jeremy is struck by Clive's deep knowledge of esoteric subjects. You know, it seemed very coincidental to him that they had... You know, Jeremy had just been reading about all these different races and extraterrestrials. He was probably watching stuff on Gaia. Like, <laughs> where else are you getting a bunch of information about interdimensional races and their yeah yeah like, yeah like we know impact we know what on, they're fucking reading yeah um oh the post twenty twelve pivot you yeah know? exactly yeah yeah. yeah 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 and prior to the last six months. Jeremy would have never listened to anything that Clive had to say. He would have just dismissed him as a crazy person. But since he had been looking into this stuff too, there was this foundation to base their friendship on. And plus they work together, so it's someone to talk to. So I guess Clive is also kind of psychic too, because somehow he has the ability to reveal these intimate details of Jeremy's life back to him, including stuff about his close friends and family that no one else could ever know. This and motherfucker's talking about Facebook. Yeah, I was. Yeah, he's totally talking. Twenty thirteen. Right. Clive also tells Jeremy that they're spirit mates, and it's it's up to you, Jeremy, if you want to bond with me as a spirit mate. I'm leaving the ball in your court. You don't have to, but we are spirit mates. Clive needs to fuck off. Yeah. I don't like this guy. So as Jeremy gets to know Clive more, he discovers that Clive is regularly communicating with these spirit guides. Mm. <laughs> Clive 
tells Jeremy that these entities are benevolent reptilians and there are creators from the eighth dimension. Oh my God. Like whether that's real or not, get out of there. Yeah. Jeremy run. Get the fuck out of there. Run. Now over a decade before, said Clive, he had been approached consciously by these interdimensional guides after these guides came to him, his life fell apart. Like, do you think maybe they're not guides, Clive? Like, yeah. if you start hearing these voices and these beings talking to you and trying to guide your life, and you're you're following their suggestions and doing what the voices tell you because they're your spirit guides, but oh shit, uh, my life is turning to shit. Maybe maybe that ain't your guide. Might not be. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah, I fucking, I hate... God, something's. I hate the term spirit guide. It's bad. Even worse, even worse is the new one that's gaining traction. Allies. Allies. My, like spiritual ally. Yeah, spiritual I've heard ally. like a bunch of people like like. The, I don't uh, like the, that. Know, it's so fuck. It's just fucking stupid. I like it's, guide more, or just like. Allies is like it's just it's arro- There's an arrogance there. There's a yeah. my shit don't stink. I'm a warrior. My sp- Companions. My spirit ally. You know? Ally um implies that like you're in a. Uh, fight together. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's not a fight, man. It's an adventure. Yeah. Let them be your companions. Good Indeed. or bad. Doesn't matter. So Clive is opening up to Jeremy. Like you don't just start off your friendship with, I'm talking to benevolent reptilians from the eighth dimension. Like that's, you got to tiptoe into that. And you know, Clive probably thought this is my soulmate. Oh, this guy is into this <laughs> shit too. No one else is into that. No one else wants to talk yeah. to me about this. And of course, Clive had endured a difficult childhood. He had he had my lab experiences. He also experienced torture from alien visitations. His whole life, he'd experienced these intermittent attacks by dark forces, as if this was some kind of training the aliens were testing him with. Oh my God. He suffered from sleep disturbances and acute physical pain as a sleep disturbances. Are are you smoking meth, sir? He referred to his interdimensional guides as the Council of Twelve. Dude, dust mites. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or, or bed bugs. Yeah. Bed bugs can make you go psychotic. Yeah, dude. If you don't know you have them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So the sleep disturbances, all this shit. Acute physical pain. Yeah, dude. Yep. Yeah. Okay, true. Parasites can, like, c- cause you to... Yeah. yeah. I mean, bo- like... Yeah, you know, bugs if you're, are super serious. Dust mites are like everywhere, but like they fuck with your sleep, and they like that. And fucking with your sleep makes you a little crazy. It's just right. just true. And here's the thing: if you're going a little crazy, you might not have the insight to know that you're going crazy. Well, yeah, because then you have the fucking internet, like, right. and that's that's an outside. Fa- that's a whole other, that's a whole other camp. Like of the Council of Twelve, he can't. That's not that's him that Jessica came up 12, with that. Right? That's um. It's a whole bunch, like, count. It's I've, a whole thing. I've seen it. Yeah. I've seen it. I think it comes from Majestic 12. Yeah. The whole, not, like, yeah. UFO government conspiracy thing. So later on, Jeremy discovers uh, from Clive's spirit guides <laughs> that the reptilian entities had arranged his relationship with Clive in order to heal Clive of his ailments and sleep deprivation, as well as to aid Clive in the ascension process. So God but, damn it. Like Jeremy's no, just like a pawn in in Clive's healing. Like Clive is like, "No, you need to be with me or else I'm going to be sick forever. Come sleep in my dusty bed." Uh, uh. I can't believe we already said 
Yeah. I can't believe it's back already. <laughs> you can't get away. You just can't get away. The ascension process. Stop it. Yeah. So whenever Jeremy would question the guides about like why he had to do certain things for Clive, right. he was told to just stop asking. <laughs> Like, what nice guides. The guides also told Jeremy that they had been watching him for a very long time, over many lifetimes. The guides told them that they had been lovers in many previous lives and that this would be their last opportunity to bond before ascending for the last time. Like, no more reincarnations. You're out of this bitch. And, of course, if this bond was to occur there would be infinite potential because of course they, they had past lives in Atlantis and Jeremy was going to have this big leadership role in the global apocalypse. And (laughs) come on, Jeremy, all you have to do is bond with Clive, bond with Clive. Just do it. Just do it. Bond with him. Why won't you fuck me, Jeremy? (laughs) Yeah. Well, Jeremy admits like, yeah, I feel a connection with Clive. And actually like around this time with all the spirit guides, Jeremy's really horny. His libido is through the roof, but not towards Clive. (laughs) Clive doesn't sound like the most attractive seller. No, no. Uh, But they they do end up having sex. And after, quote unquote, bonding, um, Jeremy didn't feel it to be particularly rewarding, it says. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, so... With a buildup like that, it's kind of fizzle, man. Yeah, Yeah. so Clive starts feeling and acting resentful. You don't say. Yeah. So, of course, we have the supernatural, uh, component. Now is the question of, well, are there these crashing emotional highs and lows with with Clive? Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say yes. Yeah. Jeremy says, well, I definitely experienced emotional highs and lows, primarily due to the corroboration or clarification I received from him on the esoteric knowledge I had been studying. I just want to say whatever you Clive read was reading was not esoteric knowledge. You read the same websites. Like... I it's felt not that hard. Right. I felt tremendous pressure to apply this knowledge in constructive ways to help us fulfill the unspoken contract with Clive's guides. Oh my god. So he's like eating this shit up. He believes it. God damn. He's like, oh, I have to help Clive get better. Like that's probably the only reason he had sex with Clive, because it didn't sound like he was attracted to him at all. Like this stuff actually got into his head. Uh, if, which is so fucked up. If you find if you find yourself going down one of these quote-unquote esoteric rabbit holes on the internet, I'm going to say, read a book, a physical book. Get one. Get it, get a good one. Get, it, get a nice one. Look at the reviews. You know, get a, get a classic. Good one. Just make sure it's a fucking book and read it cover to cover. You know, I don't even care what book it is. It could even yeah. be a CW fucking lead better. I don't give a shit. Just, just a book. Fucking just fucking read not a this. book. Just read a goddamn book. Read Reevaluate. This book. Read the dark side of Cupid. Yeah. Like, because Clive's the bad guy in this story. So, you don't say. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jeremy doesn't find their bonding to be rewarding. Um, and Clive's resentful. And the guides need to have a talk with Jeremy about the strength of the bonding, okay? Like, we need to step it up, Jeremy. 
<laughs> because if there's a weak bond, that's going to stop Clive from being able to pull Jeremy through the interdimensional portal when the time comes. And he just fucking pulls out a Chinese finger trap from his trench coat. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. The guides also told Clive that his physical ailments and sleep deprivation problems would end when him and Jeremy finally soul bonded. Bond. And they did. And you know what didn't happen? Clive getting better. You don't. So uh. Jeremy is finding this unsettling because these interdimensional beings are also supposed to be benevolent, right? According to Clive. Mm-hmm. But uh, considering Clive's health, his constant sleep disturbances, his explosive anger problems, like it just doesn't make any sense. It, You know? Jeremy's yeah. finally considering that this doesn't add up and good for you, Jeremy. Just quit Bed Bath & Beyond. Right. With your life. I know. And it really, it didn't make sense to Jeremy that these beings couldn't assist Clive in a more humane way too. Like, oh, you, we won't make you better unless you have sex with this specific person. <laughs> like, okay, you're, I thought you were like 12th dimensional. Surely I, like, okay, okay. we can solve this in a okay. different way. I will, okay. We're going to do a, uh, it's in the, not in the works, but it's something I've been thinking about. We're going to do a series on John D and Edward Kelly at some point. And if they, they, John D, they, D and Kelly came up with Anakian magic, kind of. If you if you think occult ass fucking aesthetics and shit, it comes from fucking John D. And he talked. They talked to angels. At least Edward Kelly scried angels and told John D what they did. And one of the things, curiously enough, after sending him on a fucking goose chase all around Europe. Uh, angels, the angels told Kelly, Edward Kelly, that, um, him and John got a wife swap. Has to be done. Yeah. Just has to be done. Yeah. <laughs> John D's like 50, fucking in his 50s. Edward Kelly's like 26. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like, Edward Kelly's just fucking bald, fat, 26-year-old fucking <laughs> charlatan with this fucking professor-ass dude. He's like, angels safe. I gotta fuck your wife. <laughs> yeah. So this is this this is right in, there, in there line is. with that. I mean, like, so that's the when I tell you to read a book. Like, it might be the book in which that comes up, and you might not change for the better. I don't know. Right. But just, like, it's, it's been going on for a while, whatever Oh, it is. yes. Whatever this is. <laughs> yeah. So Jeremy's, he's questioning things, um, and he's reflecting on how Clive could could be pretty abusive at times. He was controlling beyond anyone I'd seen, and his outbursts were out of control and completely disproportionate to any perceived cause, said Jeremy. Oh, I mean... Yeah. yeah man, I, he's sleep-deprived. Yeah. That's actually... Dude has fucking bedbugs. Yeah. He just has fucking bedbugs. <laughs> so now... Um, some clean sheets. Jeremy has a weird dream. Get him a Casper mattress. <laughs> I need a mattress. Sponsors. Yeah, just to putting that out there. <laughs> Pay me and give me mattresses, you pieces of shit. <laughs> please, please give me a mattress. So Jeremy has several weird dreams where uh, he interacts with these three beings that appear to him in various forms. Sometimes it's three women, sometimes it's three black men. But Clive offered clarification saying that they were reptilian nurses, these three beings. Just let that lie. Yep. Yeah. Like, okay. Sure. Yeah. Clarification. (laughs) (laughs) 
Clive also shared with Jeremy more details about what happened to him during his abductions. His guides told him that they were preparing a new astral body for him because, you know, Clive's body is deteriorating from not sleeping and uh, whatever else he's doing. They're preparing a multidimensional body. This is being built by the reptilians who were going to transfer Clive into it when the time was right. Clive said he remembered being transported on many occasions to special labs where procedures were performed by benevolent beings to remove disease and upgrade or implant devices in his body. So he's uh, being filled with like chips and shit. Yeah, yeah. He was told that this was all being done in preparation for a final spiritual confrontation with a powerful malevolent entity and that he would be the head of a legion to do battle against dark forces like you, Clive. Yeah, in your multidimensional reptilian body. I'd love to see it. He's just another unfuckable nerd with a power fantasy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And bed bugs. <laughs> and bed bugs. <laughs> So, um, yeah, Jeremy is asked by Eve whether or not he thinks that Clive's spirit guides were being deceptive. And he says, I mean, yeah, he's he's rapidly deteriorating through this process. They've told him several things that haven't happened or have been inaccurate. Um, (laughs) Clive's rationale always fell into the category of cognitive dissonance. They're not as benevolent as they report to be. They have a far subtler agenda at play. They refuse to answer many questions. Well, that's because it's just Clive. Like, maybe Clive was a channel for something. Like, maybe there's something impacting him. But I think a lot of it is just like, yeah, his power fantasy. So Jeremy says he's still healing from this relationship. His healing process entailed leaving his job, home, friends, and family. Uh, his views have sometimes you got to fuck off. Yeah. His views have been shifted or reinforced in that. I know now through experience that many of these new age organizations and themes, especially those involving Ascension and 2012 (laughs) are being infiltrated, (gasps) staged and manipulated for a far more subtle and insidious agenda. Now you're speaking my language, Jeremy. Yes, Jeremy. (laughs) Right on the money. Yeah, truth mixed with lies to primarily appeal to a person's ego and further disempower them. I mean... The Inquisition continues. It does. <laughs> like, fucking oh, I hell. I love it. I love it. Yeah, so... Because it's just... That's just simply true. It is. Shit if you don't... If you're the most it hardcore is. material like, rationalist. Because Jeremy's probably thinking, like, why'd I fuck that guy? Why did you fuck that? Like, I didn't even like that guy. Like, what was that? That was so weird, everything that just happened. Yeah. Like, you ever have, like, a relationship or a situationship like that where you're just like, wait, wait a second. Did you just say situationship? Yeah, I did. I kind of like it. It's the the good word for for the scenario. I kind of like it. Yeah. Yeah. Or, like, I don't know. You you stop seeing him and you're just like, um, why? Yeah. Well, that sure was something. It, it sure was something. Man. So I'm very compelled by this idea of the dark side of Cupid. I don't know if there's other forces at play, but I do love this collection of love stories, like, tainted by odd paranormal experiences. Oh. Yes. 
Is it because I said taint? Tainted? Yes. <laughs> For the song is uh, sort of terrifyingly relevant. This whole song is actually this song is terrifyingly relevant. Yeah. Oh my god! Even the blue f- orb flames. Oh god, that's so weird. Yeah, and a violet one. What the fuck? <laughs> and there's like these like astral dot people dance. This is fucked up, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't pray that way. Yeah. Yeah, man. Fucking. I don't tainted tainted love. I don't know. So I have some thoughts on the dark side of Cupid stuff versus the versus the alien love bite stuff. Yeah. Okay. I um yeah. I didn't just bring up the John D shit for the funnies. No, it's appropriate. Cause like, not even just the wife swapping story. Not even just the angels telling I gotta fuck your wife. Uh it's the way Jeremy described Clive's and quote spirit guides, the, their mo sound exactly like the John D's angels, the United yeah. angels. It sounds like it's just that same type of bullshittery and like false promises uh-huh. of predicting events that don't happen, but there's still something fucked up going on. And so you don't just go like, "Oh, this is fake. This is fucked up." Like, what? What are these things? Yeah. Um, curious, like that, because. Um, and that's part of like you know occult lore and shit is like don't you don't don't open don't open doors you can't close don't like if you're gonna like if you're gonna practice magic and like so the lore goes right mm-hmm. uh, you don't just start summoning knocking angels like you you don't do that like that's very right. dangerous it's very very fucking dangerous because they're kind of impersonal and kind of fucking weird and they might fuck you up because. Look at what John D wrote about when he first did it. Mm-hmm. His shit got all fucked up. And like the that whole bald thing, man fucked um, his wife. The whole thing with Angelina, if we remember, her mom and grandmother also were like into the spooky yuki stuff. Yeah. So, you know, I I'd be interested to know more of these other people's like backgrounds with this stuff. Like, how did you end up here in now, this book? This is the fucky thing about. Magic, right? Because not only does the fable of Clive have a lot of weird parallels to occult writings and shit, a lot mm-hmm. of occult writings, it also sounds just like bedbugs. Yeah. A lot and of it sounds like psychosis, too. Draw from that what you will. Uh-huh. From the, is, it, is it the writing of a wizard or is it fucking bedbugs? The world may never know. We may never know. Is it bedbugs all the way down? Or is Are like... bedbugs the mind-controlled slaves of... Or is, alien it, or is it the Council of Twelve, but it's not actually the Council of Twelve. It's fucking Bugs Bunny fucking with them. 
Like, who knows? We don't know. And also, I like that Eve Lorgan herself explicitly states that she doesn't know. She's interesting. Yeah. So I I get the same sense from her as I do reading John Keel. Uh huh. Like, and yeah, and she Robert just Anthony likes to Wilson collect these and like, stories, and yeah. she's like, I don't know, but I think it's important that someone does this. Well, yeah, and it's it, the way she writes, the way she relates these stories and shit. It it reads a lot like any of John Keel's books, like The Mothman Prophecies, The Eighth Tower, Operation Trojan Horse, and of course, talking about the same goddamn shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, reads a little. There's like a dry humor in it too, like with the part about praying for Dick. I like, mean, you know, and again, like that's. She almost sounds like a, and I hate to say it, but it sounds like a paranormal writer, right? Like, mm-hmm. which makes me think, like, are are you just doing a goof em up? Are you just doing it? Th- are you? Is this just a funny thing? Because that's funny. I think she's just a weird person that like wants to know more about something that we may never know about. I think she's someone with a therapy account with a counseling background that wanted to do our job. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like how Anthony Bourdain just. Wanted to travel, but he was a cook. Right. You know, so he talked about food. Right. And I think it's useful for her to apply her um, academic background to this because she, I mean, she probably can help out some people. Like with Angelina and Dick, they may not be getting divorced, but at least she has a support group, I guess. I mean, it's I not, mean, well, it's okay. better than nothing. So I was harsh on that, but like, it's not a counselor's job. To stop, Amer- to end America. Like, that's not a counselor. Right. No, you like, can't. That, like, that's fucking, that'd be abhorrent if I'm a counselor sure. was going oh around my doing God. that shit. Everyone in the group is probably, like, on whatever day they meet. I imagine them all, like, walking in in the parking lot, and they're like, I wonder what fucking shit Angelina and Dick argued about this week that we have to hear about. Oh, like, yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> it's probably an ongoing saga with them. Like, And, I mean, Jeremy left Clive. Yes. What happened with Scott and Sharon? They just... Well, Sharon divorced him. Yeah, yeah, okay. So that's, yeah. yeah. Scott will never, uh, hopefully Scott met a nice lady. I hope so. One that likes to go camping. One that, um, one that believes him. Yeah. I bet he can do it. Mm-hmm. I believe in you, Scott. Yeah. I, I really do highly recommend, um, these, these two books, The Dark Side of Cupid and Alien Love Bite. If for nothing more than the entertainment factor, like these stories are funny, they're interesting. Like there's some that I read and I was like, cause I've been on both sides of the fence where I've been in a relationship and I felt like I, you know, my partner's been an asshole. I've also been an asshole. Like, yeah. so it's just, and it also has me, it, it made me reflect a lot on my feelings about love and relationships and and sex and the different attachments that one forms when they, you know, seek, you know, set out to form new relationships. It's complicated business, man. Right. And the fact that like Angelina and, um, and Scott had the, she didn't have the same, uh, strength when it came to Steve. When it came to Steve, yeah. but her and Scott were able a to fucking abduction support group. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Her and Steve really. met more, um, more magically through their yeah. neighbor. Scott's just a schlub. Poor yeah. bastard. Poor bastard. Right. Man. Oh my god. Well, I the fuck. Did Dick ever find out? 
We don't know. We don't know. We don't know dick about dick. We don't know. <laughs> Fucking A. So the so tarot the, card we pulled. The Hierophant. The Hierophant. The Hierophant. <laughs> it's... Generally symbolizes marriage. Yeah, or like any sort of initiation or rite of passage, like a baptism, marriage, even funeral, graduation. It doesn't necessarily symbolize a romantic spark. It doesn't symbolize romance. It's marriage, the institution of In relationships, the hierophant usually means that you're vanilla. You're doing... It also means the fucking Catholic Church. Yeah. It means that you're kind of just... Doing what is expected of you. Right, exactly. You're going along with the status quo. It could be a sign that, like, I don't know, your marriage is pretty plain and stagnant. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. Not at all. I mean, like, like, institutions don't have to be bad. Systems no, don't have to be But since this card is, like, a rite of passage card, if you're looking at it from the point of view of, like, a relationships or a marriage yeah. and you, you're trying to get a message out of it, what it could be telling you is, like... You need to go through a change. However, we're not we're not looking at it from the perspective of marriage. We're looking at it from the perspective of alien love bites. Mm. Alien love bites are that's relationships, though. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, because like, I'm thinking that what's a problem in a lot of these people's, uh, or at least I don't know. Shit needed to change the for these the people. Alien. Like, f- no, well, here's the thing. And the Catholic Church. Jeremy needed to fuck out of his job. Yes. He he fucked off from his friends and his family. He was like, you know what? Fuck all of like, and his his life is better for it. Apparently, okay. like Scott needed him and Sharon had to split up. I mean, shit. Dick and Angelina should have split up. But this idea of like this transformative experience, like all of these people going through these upheavals and relationships and at the end of it coming out with a deeper and better understanding. Yeah, that for sure. But to to play for the team of this is real. I don't know why I'm enjoying doing that this week. I normally don't. I lean that way too for this. (laughs) Honestly. Um what, it's the whole but yeah, idea give us of, a more spooky interpretation of the so, card. Yeah, so the Hierophant is the dude that – the priest that marries two people, right? How many marriages is he, he going to perform that week, that month? He doesn't really care about you. Yeah. But he does care about the institution of marriage. He does love to see two people get married because – In the church. In the church because it preserves the structure and the plan that he's a part of, the, the grand the, – you know – metaphysical cathedral mm-hmm. that they're building, that the system is building and shit, mm-hmm. which could relate to the plans of whatever ultra terrestrials are, you know, and maybe like it's so impersonal, just like the Hierophant really caring about the, you know, the societal structure. Maybe it's so impersonal that like all, all these fuckers really need is like, they just need Dick to go to a specific gas station on a specific day. And the only way it works out is if he's still married to Angelina. Maybe that's all they need. Right? Yeah, which is fucked up. The thing it's just like they just don't care. They just they really don't care about you, and it's not as com- nearly as complicated to them as it is right to you. as it is to us. And then for the for the dark side of Cupid stuff, because I do think they're different types of things. Assuming a paranormal reality, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sticking with like a knocking angel watcher type thing. 
that's just like, mm. it just drives shit weird. I don't know what's plant, but it has plans. These things have plans. They have things to try, subtle things they're trying to accomplish, buttons they're trying to push and pull. So Much I'm I'm thinking about like the, the card. priest. Right? And I'm thinking of the Hierophant as if it's almost, as if he's almost like the the third party entity. Yeah, that's in what the I'm relationship. Thinking of. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or Eve Lorgan, who has mm-hmm. created a support system for these people. Which is that a good thing? I'm not sure. Right? I think it is. I'm also thinking of the Hierophant perhaps as like sort of an in your face Okay. So what when I think of this idea of a a union, the idea of a twin flame. Cuz a lot of these people in these stories uh, are in these books of Eve Lorgans have been taken in by the twin flame phenomenon and th- and that's why they stick around in relationships that that they don't they shouldn't be in because they are seeking another person just like complete them. Yeah, but yeah, I'm thinking they've been of mind controlled and poisoned. The Hierophant could yeah. perhaps represent if we're not thinking about it cuz let me look at this. Yeah, it's just him in this card. There's no one else here. Oh, okay. I was looking at the two uh pillars I was thinking of. Oh, no, those are two those are two guys with their heads. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, okay. I'm thinking this could be almost a sign to anyone that's seeking a twin flame connection instead to seek like a union with their, the divinity, like within themselves, something like that. You could make a case for that. The idea of a twin flame is the idea that something else will someone, that there's someone else who will complete you because you bet your two souls separated at birth. No, only you can complete you. Yeah. It's bullshit. It's just not real. It's not, it's not going to help you. A lot of, a lot of not real things are very useful. And that's kind of how I live my life. There's a lot of useful things that are not real. The concept of twin flames and, Someone else that will complete you is both not real and not useful. No. Yeah. No, in fact, it's like the opposite of useful. It's like pulling you. It's toxic. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking bad news bears. Do we know what, what does fant mean as a suffix? Um. With great force. Expression. Higher force. Expression of the higher. Hierophant. Like elephant. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's the the the, ho- the holy force. The the way the holy the, he is yeah. the hierophant. This man is the represents the the holy force. Yes, a holy force. That's what I wanted to know, so I could put it together like <laughs> the words. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I boy. I have thoughts, but I'm having trouble uh, putting them into words. Hopefully, uh, you get it though. Well, yeah, I'm just gonna say that. Uh, think this interestingly interestingly connects with what we're going to be talking about next week some more uh we recently learned that like the uh the ascended master stuff was all just another way of looking at it's another avenue by which you uh end up the same places you've been before mothman territory yeah you know um also thing i wanted to bring up and i forgot to scott scott and sharon yeah sharon yeah. She saw a motherfucker in robes with a wand of light. And an alligator man. Yeah, but that motherfucker with robes and a wand she didn't of say light. Robe. She just said an illuminated being. Okay, but he had a wand of light. Yes, he had a wand, a glowing wand. Does that light. remind you of anything? Yes. 
What does it remind you of? Motherfucking Telos. Or Telos. 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 I don't know. Motherfucking Telos under Mount Shasta. Yeah. That whole fucking story. That's the things that live under there is the fucking beings with the rods that are made of light, the wands and shit. Like, that's that legend. Now, she probably read those books. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm sure of it. But it just goes to show you. Whether, I don't, we don't know. Sharon, but Sharon was a disbeliever. They were fucking Catholics. No. No, that was the other ones. They're all fucking Catholics. <laughs> <laughs> Sharon was a disbeliever, though. Yeah, she didn't want to. Yeah. That's interesting. So she, she probably never read anything. She never read a book about fucking yeah, Telos. She saw an alligator man, though. God damn. Interesting. It, uh, I'm yeah. just going to say interesting. I know. I think all that right. does her. Yeah, I think that does it for today. Be careful out there, folks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be, be discerning in all things. Yeah. And uh, thank you for listening. Uh, you can follow us on the things you follow people on, the Twitter, the Instagram, Instagram Twitter, the TikTok. Facebook, don't, all of those You know things. what? Don't follow us on fucking Facebook. Fuck that shit. Yeah. Just even though Instagram's owned by Facebook. I don't even use it. I don't use it. I know. Just, just, let's just ignore that one. Okay, yeah. You know? Um, Good looking out. Yeah. MySpace. Well, to those who are still listening, we love you. We love you. Take care. Be well. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.